0: Well, this will be no surprise to uh, you. I've said it before, but it's not always springtime in marriage. Uh, I've mentioned that sometimes it feels a little bit like winter. Love seems to grow cold and lie dormant. A once flourishing intimacy can suddenly feel distant. And in those times, I'm getting a lot of feedback um, in my mic But in those times, um, we can wake up one morning and think, how in the world did we get here? Last week, you remember, we left our lovers in a fruitful paradise of mutual delight. They were lingering in the garden of love without a care in the world. But this morning, we're going to see that something has drastically changed Unmet expectations, perhaps, in their marriage have led to an emotional distance in their relationship. And at some level, they're asking that question, how in the world did we get here? And I actually think this is the really helpful part of this point. They were lingering in a garden of love, but all of a sudden, there's this dose of Reality. And it prevents us from seeing the Song of Songs as some unrealistic portrayal of love, discounting their flourishing marriage as some unattainable goal. This morning, we'll see how the struggle to connect can become a reality in marriage, and really any relationship for that matter. But that's not because there's some kind of flaw in God's design. The problems that we face are because there is a flaw, but it's in us. We're the ones to blame when we face problems in our relationships. It's like having a car and going out and filling up your gasoline tank with a water hose and then blaming the engineer when your motor blows up. wasn't his fault. He designed that engine to run on a certain type of fuel and we only have ourselves to blame when we introduce something that didn't originally belong there according to that design. But, but very often it's a little more subtle than sticking a water hose in your fuel tank. More often it's things like not changing your oil on time or letting the Uh, radiator run low or just ignoring those warning lights that show up on your dashboard and the same thing is true in our relationships as well there are warning signs in our lives that tell us that things may not be all right hurtful words that are spoken in anger keeping secrets hiding sins unwilling to communicate or extend forgiveness. And when we choose to ignore those signs, we will inevitably drift apart. We become discouraged with unmet expectations. But I want you to hear this morning, it doesn't have to be that way. Because when people truly turn their hearts in humility to the Lord, he can and will lead you to something better. That's what we'll see in our passage this morning. So before we open his word, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are grateful to come before you, and we do so humbly. We recognize that in and of ourselves, we read the words of Scripture and we don't have the wisdom and insight to understand, number one, what they say, but number two, even how they apply to our daily lives. We, we need your Spirit that empowers the truth of these words to speak deeply into our hearts, to enlighten our minds, to inform us of how to live this out in our daily lives. And so, Lord... Would you do that? Would you just graciously so that today, as we spend this time together, we become a little more like you and what you've created us to be for the praise and glory of your name? We ask this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Right, if you would turn to the Song of Songs, and let's pick up where we left off in chapter 5, verse 2. Let's read that together. The Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 2 says, I was asleep, this is the wife speaking, I was asleep, but my heart was awake, a voice. My beloved was knocking. He says, open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my perfect one, for my head is drenched with dew, my, my locks with the damp of the night. I going to pause there because last week we kind of left our lovers in the experience of fruitful abundance, in the goodness of God and all that he had given them in their marriage. But yet here now in verse 2, there seems to be a change. There also seems to be some passage of time. We don't know exactly how much time that has been. All we know is that the wife is distressed as she apparently awakens from a dream. It says there, I was asleep, but my heart was awake. And, and as we read that, I think we can relate to it. I think we've all been there at some level. Maybe we go to bed with kind of a, a worrisome situation just kind of ruminating in our mind. We, we toss and, and turn, having trouble getting to sleep as these things just kind of go back and forth as we think about them. And then we drift off. And whatever was occupying our mind now comes alive in our dreams. Anybody ever been there before? I mean, I'm there too often than I would like to admit. And I think that's where we find her. Because in her dream she hears the voice of her beloved. It says that she's hears him and, see, and knows that he's knocking on the door. We don't know which door. It doesn't say in this particular verse, but as we read, we find that it's the door to her bedroom. And it seems like her husband is distressed as well. He pleads with his wife. He says, please open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my, my perfect one. And then he explains, he says, my head is drenched with dew, my my locks with the damp of night. And as I read those words, I wonder, where has he been? Why is he out so late? It, It seems like a fair question, but it's not one that the author intends to answer. In fact, we really don't know much of the details of this situation at all, but we can sense the tension that it has created. It's, it's palpable as you read this section of the song. The wife is closed off her room. Her husband wants in, but the door is locked because apparently she wasn't expecting him. She obviously feels vulnerable. That's why she locked the door. She feels defenseless in his absence. It, so we should ask ourselves at this point, what did she go to bed thinking about? What, what was the worry that was ruminating in her mind that has caused her to have this dream? Whatever it was, it seems to have created a dream of, of emotional distance. They're, they're struggling to connect with each other. They can't seem to get together. Have you ever been there before? Maybe they encounter the obstacle of unmet expectations. Maybe the wife is worried about that danger of drifting apart. Because there seems to be a barrier, literally, in her dream. This door that is inhibiting their intimacy. Look at how it continues in verse 3. The wife says, I've taken off my dress. How can I put it on again? I've washed my feet. How can I dirty them again? My beloved extended his hand through the opening. My, my feelings were aroused for him. I rose to my beloved and my hands dripped with myrrh and fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the bolt. I, I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had turned away and had gone. My heart went out to him as he spoke. I searched for him, but I did not find him. I I called him, but he did not answer me. The watchmen who make the rounds in the city, they found me. They struck me and wounded me. The, The guardsmen of the walls took away my shawl from me. Do you feel the tension? It's interesting as we read this section because the response of the wife was initially hesitant, wasn't it? She delayed. She she quite frankly didn't want to get out of bed and go open the door. Instead, she explains why it would be really inconvenient to do so. She's already in bed and didn't want to get her robe on. She's showered and clean and didn't want to walk across the, the dirty floor. So clearly, there's some kind of an emotional barrier in the way. She's just not compelled to respond to his request. And given that the intimate affection that we've seen them share up to this point, we can undeniably know that something's not right. It's no longer springtime in their marriage. Emotions have apparently grown cold and distant. Somehow, and we don't know the details, but somehow they've drifted apart. And I, and I think it's important for us. When we read sections of scripture like this and we encounter these realities that we can in fact relate to, we should ask ourselves, what does that look like for us? What creates this kind of emotional distance in our marriage? In our friendships? In our church community? What makes us feel unsafe and and closed off toward others. Because I know for a fact, and and it breaks my heart every time I think about it, I know for a fact that there are people who are here this morning who have been deeply hurt by the church. I know for a fact that there are people here this morning who are struggling in their marriage, and when they hear this idea of emotional distance and drifting apart, it is a very real reality for their life in this moment right now. And when this happens to any of us, when we find ourselves in these situations, whether it's our marriage, our friendship, our relationship with the church, our tendency just like we see in the song, is to isolate ourselves from others. We close ourselves behind this locked door. We've been hurt by others, and our natural tendency is to therefore hide for protection. We lock the door to our heart. And like the wife, we are reluctant to let anyone in But our heart, the way God created and knitted us together, our heart cannot survive without meaningful connection. Isolation, please hear this. It's true for every one of us. No one is an exception. Isolation is a cancer to your soul. Maybe In this situation, the husband understands this truth to some degree because he seems unwilling to take no for an answer. It says that he reaches through the door, he finds a hole, he tries to get to the latch, but he can't get to the latch to open the door. And yet his efforts seem to stir his wife's affection. She responds to his pursuit and goes and, and opens the door. But when she does, it's too late. He's nowhere to be found. She she runs out in the street. We've seen her do this before, and each time she does it, she risks her life. And in this particular situation, the watchmen who were supposed to be there to protect her are the ones who, in fact, harm her. And not only that, they apparently humiliate her by removing her robe from her, exposing her publicly. And I just wonder... If this is, in fact, her dream, what is it revealing about what she's worried about? How does the the separation from her husband, whether emotionally or physically, how, how is this making her feel? Apparently, she feels very vulnerable, very defenseless in his absence. She's exposed. She's exposed to to judgment. She's exposed to harsh words from others. You know, God made it very clear from the very beginning. He said in Genesis 2.28, It is not good for man or woman to be alone. We were created alone from community, from the undivided fellowship of the Trinity, and created out of that community to flourish within community. There is safety inside the covenant commitment of marriage. And so, yes, what we're learning is the reality, the fact that, that relationships can be messy, Again, whether that's marriage or, or friendship or church, it can be messy. It can be hard. And it can even be hurtful. But we cannot flourish without them. We must be persistent in our pursuit of reconciliation. And I believe that as we continue in the song, that's exactly what we see from this woman. Look again with me in verse 8. She's speaking and she says, I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved as to what you will tell him, for I am lovesick. What kind of beloved is your beloved, they ask, O most beautiful among women? What kind of beloved is your beloved that thus you adjure us? The wife speaks to this audience, these daughters of Jerusalem, and she enlists their help in finding her lover. She says, in other words, this is not something that I want you to do if you happen to have time. This is a matter of life and death. This is a, there's a sense of urgency in her words. She's simply unwilling to leave the relationship where it is. She's committed, however risky or dangerous it may be, in the pursuit of something better. As I mentioned in an earlier sermon, I'll say it again. I think this is one of the parts we miss most in the church today. It's way too easy for us to walk away when things get hard. We live in a throwaway society. So when, when something doesn't work, we just cast it aside. We don't try to fix things anymore. We're convinced it's easier. I mean, how many times have you convinced yourself of this very thing? It's just easier to go out and buy a new one. Why would I try to fix the old one? But it hadn't always been that way. I remember my granddad, I swear he could fix any possible thing that ever broke on the farm with a pair of pliers and some baling wire. <laughs> I mean, he could. He never threw anything away. And he was diligent to find a way to make something work. And we should do the very same thing in our relationships, especially in marriage. But somehow, I think we've lost the importance of that mindset, even in the church. But that's not what we see in the song. And that's why it's so good. The the wife is unwilling to give up. She's on a mission, right? She's on a mission to pursue her beloved. And not only her, she invites others. She says, come with me. She enlists the forces. Let's let's do this together. She believes that her marriage is a relationship worth fighting for. Because, look, every marriage, every friendship, every church you will ever belong to will never be everything you expected it to be. They don't exist. There will always be struggle. There will always be difficulty. Because every relationship, whether marriage, friendship, community within a church, they all have one thing in common. You know what that is? Imperfect people. Every relationship, no matter how good it is, will experience seasons of difficulty. But as I said in the beginning, these barriers can always be overcome if we're simply unwilling to walk away and instead walk to Jesus, to turn our hearts towards him, to believe that if we trust in him, that he, in fact, will lead us to something better. We have to be committed to reconciliation if we're ever going to experience deep, and lasting levels of love. It's a willful decision not to close the door of your heart, taking the risk, even inviting others in. And This morning, we have the privilege of hearing from somebody within our own church who's walked through this season of difficulty, and they are courageously willing to share that with you. So if you would, listen to our friends, Joe and Barbara, on the screen. And Pay attention to what they have to say.
1: We are Joe and Barbara Magby. Mm -hmm. We have been married for, it'll be 12 years.
2: In November. Yeah,
1: November 11th. And uh, so I think that the moment for us um, in recent years, when we we kind of felt we were drifting apart, uh, there were a lot of things going on behind the scenes. I was in a pretty stressful job and... And then my health was kind of in a, in a rough place, your health was kind of in a rough place. We, we kind of went through a season of a lot of, a lot of beatings um, externally and then that filtered inside, I think. Um, my health took a turn and the docs said, hey, you gotta slow down with drinking. And so we talked about that and um, I wasn't really ready to slow down And so all that went under the surface.
2: Yeah, and I started playing manager a little bit of Joe's life where I was trying to um, make sure that he was following all the rules um, and uh, ask, peppering him with questions as one does when you're feeling insecure or that something is happening where you're not really sure there's something under the surface um, and you feel unsafe um, and like the ground that you're standing on is a little bit shaken.
1: So. And then to me, all those questions laid into a fear of exposure for me, uh, of exposure of failure, exposure of sin, exposure of weakness. Um, and so in, in my way, I kept kind of hiding those and kept just trying to keep things on an even keel which added more stress which added more problems which added more complications and it just it just snowballed Um, and it wasn't a quick thing but we just sort of drifted apart everything that i was hiding came out all of your fears i think were sort of confirmed confirmed. Um, and it was it was just nasty it was a whole season of nasty and i remember you know, I was in a pretty dark place because I felt, again, exposed and felt very um, isolated. And, and in those moments, the temptation is, just let me crawl into a hole and die. Um, and you said something that was interesting in that moment. You said, I'm not leaving you. So if you, take, if you go down, you're taking me with you. Yeah. Which for me was like, oh, shoot. Like, there's no, you know, you, I'm in, she said. I'm, 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 I'm with you.
2: I at that time um, it was it was a very hard time for our marriage we were not sleeping in the same rooms we um, were taking time to pray you were doing things that the church leadership had had you do I was um, I think trying to make healthy steps of protection and to Kind of figure out um, what the steps were to restoration, yeah. and we both signed up to go to Regen.
1: We did Regen together.
2: That was amazing.
1: Yeah, for and us. it just gave us the tools and the language <clears throat> to um, to be honest mm-hmm. and to talk about things, mm-hmm. and and so it, it's kind of this twofold thing of we we had this dependency on the Holy Spirit because we needed it, but then we also had this dependency on others that we needed. Mm-hmm. um and that created this open and honest relationship between our, each other yeah.
2: between I think the hardest time for me personally was the hardest times for me personally while we were going through the the trenches as far as the roughest parts of our marriage um was the strong inclination to stay home, don't go out yeah. you know there's this your pride is tweaked because people know, That you're struggling and um, I definitely (laughs) many days just wanted to bury myself in my house shut my door lock it be like I'm not leaving I don't want to have to deal with people I don't want to have to answer those questions over and over again we never came up against like harsh judgment or um, people making us feel shame or guilt it was always you know encouragement and um it was a good reminder that that's where satan wanted us was alone cut by off. ourselves yeah cut off as married couple cut off as individuals and um i think that was actually one of the reasons why we got to the place in the beginning so
1: yeah. and now we're perfect Um, uh, No, I I think now, you know, looking back on all that, and that was a valley, that was the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, genuinely, for us and for our marriage, it was really difficult. Um, But looking back now, we see the Lord's hand in it and how He has, um, He brought us through it. And now we can walk in light together, um, which is so incredibly freeing because now it's, we... Yeah, we love each other now even more because we know each other better because there's honesty and there's trust and there's togetherness and um, there's this sense of we're walking through life together instead of, well... We're
2: walking in the light as He is in the light. Yep. Our relationship is better, stronger, happier now than we've ever been. And it's just a testimony of God can restore something to the point of like, it's, it is made new again. It's made into something better than it was.
1: I think the important thing to, to know is that, you know, the night seems darkest just before the dawn and that um, there will be moments when it seems like all is lost and it seems like there's nothing but despair and there's and genuine despair. Mm-hmm. How can this be fixed? how are we ever going to get out of this is this how i'm always going to be Mm -hmm. um and that's not true um and if because christ can save me and christ can save this marriage and redeem it Mm -hmm. then my encouragement is don't quit don't stop don't give up because um right then right in that moment is when the lord does something amazing and he turns Mm -hmm. around and he um, shows the way out and he redeems it and he brings it back to beauty. There's a third person in this relationship who did all the heavy lifting.
2: In a community of people mm-hmm. that were there.
1: We are Joe and Barbara Magby, and that's our story. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> I want you to know why we tell you these stories is because we know with absolute certainty that their story is represented over and over again within a church family like this. And so we want you to know that you're not alone. We want you to know that there's hope. Um, one of the things that I've said before is that when I became an elder years ago, my, in my mind, I believed that I was stepping into a role of first responder, the EMS unit that's on the scene when an accident happens to help people get the help they needed so that they could be restored and, and lives would be saved. More often than not, I've learned that I'm a coroner. Very often, I'm there to pronounce death because there's so much water under the bridge, there's nothing else we can do. We tell you these stories so you won't let it get to that place. That very early in the process of in, when you're in a hard place that you would invite others in, that you would choose not to close the door to your spouse, to other people, to the church that you're a part of, and that you would invite people in and allow them to walk through this with you. And listen, we don't have all the answers. There's not some magic cure, but this is what I know to be true, that if two people are willing to humble themselves before the Lord and invite Him to bring redemption and restoration, there is nothing that He desires more than to do just that. So you're right. Don't give up. Keep turning to the Lord and allow Him to do the work that ultimately only He can do. If you're willing to turn to God, He will lead you to something better. And just know that even in our, in our daily lives, this is true. This is true in our relationship with him. There's a passage you're familiar with, Revelation 3.20. It says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him. I will dine with him and he with me. He wants you to flourish in a life-giving relationship with him. But hear me on this, you have to let him in. You have to let him in. And let me just say, with with all the uncertainty that we see in our world today, this is not the time to delay your response. Okay, this is not that time. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I know exactly how Things fit into the prophetic calendar that God has in mind as things unfold in our world today. But here's what I will say. The stage is being set for Christ's return and every day we live is one day closer. That is undeniably true. And so if there's ever a time To find security in the salvation that you have through faith in Christ alone, now is that time. If there was ever a time to to stand together for the sake of the gospel, now is that time. Philippians chapter 1 verse 27, one of my favorites, says, Standing firm with one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the sake of the gospel. Because here's what I know is true. We see a lot of division that is happening in our world today. But hear me on this. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And what we need now more than ever is for the people of God, within the church of God, to stand together for the praise and glory of the name of God. If there is ever a time for that to happen, now is that time. So let me encourage you. Don't delay. Open the door. Invite the Lord in. and Encourage others to join you as you seek to become everything he's created you to be. Personally, in your marriage, in your friendships, in this church community. This is a small church. I get that. But Jesus changed the world with 12 men. Let's be those people. Let's pray. Father, we're reminded that we are your ambassadors, ambassadors for Christ, ministers of reconciliation. And when we put our trust in you, you always lead us to something better. You you designed, you created us because you wanted us to flourish in everything that you've made us to be, that, that flows out of that intimate relationship that you are daily, moment by moment, inviting us into. You never stop knocking. Lord, would you give us the courage, the humility to invite you in? Would you give us the courage and the humility to, encourage, to invite others in, to share life together? Love is risky, but love is rewarding. May we be faithful. I pray this in your name. Amen. Let's stand together important truth that we need to be reminded of. I need to confess something to you. Man, my heart has been heavy lately. And I think part of it's because I read about the atrocities that are happening in Israel, and it makes me sick at my stomach. Then I open the paper, and I look at what's happening in our political system. I think, man, we're so dysfunctional. I mean, it's just disgusting. And then we walk into the middle of some really hard relationships. There are some marriages in our church, and people are fighting hard. But sometimes it's only one of them. Sometimes somebody just walks away. I mean, these are just the realities. And and the reason I bring this up is because I needed to be reminded this morning that if this is where I spend my time and attention, it's going to bury me. And I've been there before. We need to be reminded that he is faithful, that he is a redeemer, that he restores and reconciles. And when things can look at their absolute worst, he can do something miraculous. If we just humble ourselves, turn to him and trust in his goodness. So, boy, if you don't walk away with anything else this morning, would you please hear that very clearly? Turn your hearts towards Jesus and let him do what only he can do, and that he has died to do for you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for our time this morning, the reminders of your truth, the hope of salvation and redemption, restoration, reconciliation. Lord, help us to, to leave this morning filled with that hope. Help us turn to you. And realize that the world may be falling apart around us, but you are sovereignly in control and one day you will make all things new. So Lord, we turn our hearts to you and we pray this in your name, amen. Have a great day.